Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. You're listening to the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio. Brought to you by Northtown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at Northtown. Shop online at NorthtownAuto.com. All right, back here at the NFL Scouting Combine on the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at Northtown. Shop online at NorthtownAuto.com. Coverage of the NFL Combine on WGR is brought to you by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Fast, sustainable weight loss, then free support for life. Awaken180WeightLoss.com. And by Outlet Liquor, when you need to stock, need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? You can always, of course... Find our coverage and my coverage at WGR550.com. I'll let Liquor always a proud partner in there as well. So make sure you check it out. Stories from the last couple of days here at the NFL Scouting Combine. Sal Capaccio on the convention center floor. Zach Jones in our Amherst studios. Just a little while ago, I caught up with Vinny Bond Sr. He is the host of Raider Nation Radio. Boy, we uh, have a lot of people walking around and every year, every event I go to, I see this guy. Vinny Bonsignor, who was in L.A., covering the L.A. teams and the Chargers, and now he's in Las Vegas covering the Raiders. How you doing, my man? I'm doing really good. I look around here. It feels like they get bigger every year. <laughs> bigger and leaner, but more explosive, faster. I mean, it's just amazing to see uh, how far the combines come, but also uh, just the athletic ability. And I mean, today, obviously, it's the linebackers and defensive linemen, so they're going to be some big human beings. Uh, but, you know, just the, the physical uh, ability and the, and the physicality of these guys, it just gets better and better every year. Is it they're, they're getting bigger and faster or we're getting older <laughs> and slower? Probably a combination of both. But I do know, um, especially you know this too, covering, uh, covering the NFL, it's, it's always interesting to me seeing how bodies transform, uh, especially over that first year when all of a sudden, and for a lot of these guys now, you know, it's 24-7 football, you know, after the end of their year and they're getting ready for the combine and the pro days and, and all of that. Um, it's now 24-7 football and the body changes as a result because you're eating better. You're you're devoting all of your time to football rather than, you know, going to class and doing other things that student athletes do. Uh, but that but that transformation uh, of the body. In fact, we'll see it from here to when we see them in OTAs and then in training camp and then down the road during the season. So uh, it really is uh, something, it's a lifestyle change. It's, you know, it's their job, it's their vocation. Uh, and the ones that take that seriously uh, are the ones that benefit the most from, from all of the technology and everything like that. Raider Nation Radio is where you can find Vinny. All right, before I get into the Raiders, yeah. let's talk about the city. How did the city handle their first Super Bowl? Yeah, I, quite frankly, I thought it was awesome. And I'm not just saying that because I'm now a uh, local uh, for four years. Um, it really is a city that's conducive uh, to putting on big events. Um, it never feels like it's overwhelmed. Uh, you know, was the traffic a little bit dicey? Yeah, but that's kind of... Every Saturday night, every Friday night in Las Vegas is going to be that way. It's Las Vegas. But they know how to handle big events. And when you're as the close proximity, especially for the out-of-towners, 
to be able to go grab a nice dinner, to be able to go see a show if you want to. U2 was performing over at the Sphere. There were all kinds of different shows. Um, and then also, you know, this was an underrated type of a, you know, part of it. There's so many hotel rooms that the pricing, even for media members, I was talking to some of my friends that came in from out of town. Typically when we go to Super Bowls, that first, even from that Sunday you get there, you're talking about a pretty good uh, penny uh, because hotels get competitive in those situations in various cities. But because there's so many hotel rooms in Las Vegas, it was very reasonable. Even It got more expensive as the week went on. But even that part of it, uh, how they're able to, to be able to accommodate so many different people and not have it be a price gouge situation, I think was, uh, was something that a lot of people appreciated. Did the Raiders make the right call in hiring Antonio Pierce? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, and I think, and I remember talking to Mark Davis, the owner, the day that he made that decision. And basically he said, look, you know, and, and this is what he told Antonio, I don't necessarily need you to coach X's and O's, I need you to lead. And I think that's what he felt like he's been lacking for a little while now, especially after John, the whole John Gruden uh, situation. Uh, and that's I've never seen a response in a locker room to a coach like I saw with the Raiders to, to uh, um, you know, Antonio Pierce. And I remember talking to Devontae Adams at the, after the last game. I go, look, I've been doing this a long time. This is how I kind of saw it, but am I wrong to have read it that way? He's like, no, it's absolutely, we believe in him. And there were a lot of guys that wanted to continue to play after that last game. And if you had said that nine weeks before, where guys were literally one foot in, kind of one foot out, um, at that point, and it's just human nature, they were, they were checking out on Josh McDaniels. The fact that he was able to, to get that under control and get it to a point where at the end of the season they wanted to continue to play to the point where – Talking to Tom Telesco, their general manager yesterday, guys are just in the building right now. And it feels like they feel like there's something to build on and they want to get started ASAP. So, And that's really a, a direct response to Antonio Pierce. So, yes, I think they made the right decision. And then you go to the quarterback situation. What does that look like heading into 2024? Murky, to say the least. Um, it's hard for me to, to fathom that they're going to go into next season with Aiden O'Connell as their starter. He did a fine job under the circumstances, did go 5-4. and four. Uh, but I think, you know, uh, there's there's a line of thinking that maybe he just projects as a really good backup quarterback or a mid-range kind of a quarterback. And, and you know in Buffalo, what do you have to have at that position to compete, compete at the highest level? MVP kind of candidates. And that's just the fact of the matter. And I don't know if he'll ever get to that point. So uh, I think Tom, who when you look at his history, let's see, Jim Kelly in Buffalo, Peyton Manning in Indianapolis, Philip Rivers in San Diego, Justin Herbert in Los Angeles – he knows what a great quarterback looks like and the importance of having that. So it'll be interesting to see um, how they can accommodate trying to go get that quarterback because they are sitting at number 13 and they're going to have to find a dance partner up higher in the draft. If that doesn't happen, do you, do you chase a Justin Fields? Do you do Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins? So there's a lot of questions to ask, but that's what this time of year is for. Talking about Tom Telesco, by the way, right? The GM yes. from Buffalo, by the way, Ooh. Buffalo native. Oh, yeah. So a good shout out there. Yeah, he, he's been in the league. Proud Buffalo native. No doubt. No doubt about it. Actually, he went to St. Francis High School, I believe, where they've produced, I believe, three general managers. That's crazy. Uh, crazy, right? And Brian Dable went there. Yeah, uh, insane. And I know that then he went to John Carroll University, right, yeah. which was also a hotbed for, in fact, the former general manager for the Raiders, Dave Ziegler, went to John Carroll, as did Josh McDaniel. So uh, he was on the right track. There's no question about that. All right, then let's talk about Josh Jacobs now, because obviously we know the running back market is not what it used to be years ago, and teams just don't want to pay him, but he is a special talent. How do they handle this situation? Yeah, and, um, you know, uh, he, he doesn't have the bargaining power that he had coming off the season that he had last or, or in 2022. It was 1,600 yards. It was half of that. 
uh, this year. So a little bit less leverage and kind of think that he understands that. Uh, I think he wants to be a Raider, and I know that Antonio Pierce and, and, and Tom Telesco want him to be a Raider, but um, it's what's that number going to look like? I, I would think it would be somewhere in the $8 million range. Um, I'm sure he wants more than that, but I just I don't see – um, I don't see Tom Telesco doing that, but we'll see. And, and I know that there's a lot of motivation on both sides to get it done. So usually when you have that, something gets figured out. All right, so circle it back to the combine. You're here. What are you looking for for the Raiders and thinking about them picking in the draft? Where, where do they pick and what do you think the first few rounds look like for them? Yeah, uh, they picked at 13 okay. right now. Uh, so we'll see where, where, what happens with that. I think first and foremost, quarterback, um, you know, they got to get that figured out. But then offensive tackle, there's a there's a, a, a lot of you know uh, good prospects in that regard. I'm going to talk to Byron Murphy a little bit later today. Defensive tackle, somebody that they could pair up, you know, with a Max Crosby and, and turn that defensive line into a really good defensive line. Cornerback uh, is another position that they're going to have uh, of need. Uh, but they've got three free agent offensive linemen, um, and you know uncertainty on whether any of those guys come back. So uh, if they don't, then through free agency in the draft, they've got some holes to fill. So that's where I would start if I wasn't also if I wasn't starting with quarterback. But I think it does start with quarterback. Always great seeing you, my man. You too, Sal. Man, I appreciate it. All right, that is Vinny Bond Senior of Raider Nation Radio. Another interesting team there as far as their quarterback situation. Um, you know, we'll see. He said. Right there, Zach. He has a hard time believing Aiden O'Connell is going to be the starter they roll out week one. I also have a hard time believing it'll be Aiden O'Connell. But what do you do there? You don't really have anybody. They moved on from Derek Carr, obviously. He's in New Orleans now. Um, that's an interesting spot for them as well as far as the draft is concerned and free agency. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, we've brought up some of the, the big-name guys, and I like that Vinny also brought up Justin Fields. Like, we seemingly – only time we hear Fields seemingly is with Atlanta, Pittsburgh, with – I guess Vegas being the complete afterthought, but it could make sense, especially with Tom Telesco maybe wanting to make a bit of a splash in his first offseason, especially after kind of fizzling out in San Diego to Los Angeles. So they are an interesting team. I don't think they're as bad. I like Antonio Pierce. Max Crosby's good. I actually, I kind of like that the roster somewhat revolted against ownership and was like, no, no, it's Pierce or, or, or people are leaving. So I... I could see that kind of being a team that like you know rallies around a guy like Justin Fields having to come in after somewhat I don't want to say being an afterthought but being let go by the Bears and then moving on to you know the bright lights of Caleb Williams. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of teams in that kind of middle area where they're not high enough to draft one of these top three, but you think that they probably want one. I don't know if you're going to be able to get in the top three. There's generally three guys that are considered. Really good quarterbacks, right? Now you can have your flavor and think that, okay, maybe maybe Drake May's not going to be mm-hmm. as good. Maybe Jaden Daniels. But I think the consensus is Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, whatever order you want to give them, they are the top three. And that's three teams at the top of the draft. Oh, by the way, all need quarterbacks. So it will be very difficult to move into the top three if you're another team on the outside wanting to get into the top three. And if you do it, I'm going to guess it's going to be an astronomical price. Yeah, maybe not Ricky Williams levels, but, you know, comparable. Especially, I mean, even the top three, but, like, at four with Arizona. I can't imagine them wanting to move off of getting Marvin Harrison Jr. Really for much less than your entire draft. The Chargers might be the first team where you can really kind of, you know, dance with the devil. Yeah, I mean, where are the Chargers picking? What number are they? They are fifth. The Chargers are fifth. Chargers are fifth. Think about that for a second. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, 
I, I mean, of all the love we've kind of thrown at them, and myself included, over the last few years, the Chargers to be drafting fifth, already having Justin Herbert in place. And I mean, that's why they're making a coaching change. We know that. But it is kind of, kind of wild. That's a team, too, to be interesting for them because they are – they have potential. We know they have a quarterback, and now they have Jim Harbaugh. They do have a lot of salary cap issues. They do have an aging roster. I think it might take a year for them to kind of get acclimated. We'll see. I think there's a lot of love for Harbaugh. People think he's going to be some magic, you know, he's going to spray the magic pixie dust all over them, and they're suddenly going to be good. I don't think it's that easy, Zach. So, I, yeah, so you kind of answered my question there, so I was going to ask you, because Jim Harbaugh freaks me out. He scares the hell out of me. Because he, he has seemingly won everywhere he's gone. I mean, we, we all forget now because Stanford football is not very good. He made Stanford football very relevant for a long yep. time. Hand Andrew Luck, uh, San yep. Diego State before that, the 49ers. I mean, those rivalries with Seattle. Like, And then, of course, he. I, I was listening to Mike Greenberg. This was uh, now a few months ago after Michigan won the national championship. Bringing up the fact that like he didn't bring Michigan football back. He kind of just made them what the fans always thought Michigan was, which was national championship winning caliber. Because their their last yeah. like unanimous national championship was like in the thirties or something like that, if I'm remembering correctly. And just he's won everywhere. And you give him a guy like Herbert, he's probably going to put together a really good run game. They could be a team that lands Brock Bowers who has the argument to maybe be the greatest college tight end of all time. And they're old now. They've got some cap issues, but they've got their quarterback in place. I think they've got their head coach in place. The only thing I see as a positive there is he seems to to kind of run hot and then his welcome has run out pretty quickly. you got like a five-year window with him before everyone wants him gone. Sal Capaccio, Zach Jones, the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show. I'm live here. At, we are live on the radio, but I'm here in Indianapolis. He's here. He's there in our Amherst studios. The, uh, it's, not the, it's not as much uh, happening now on the floor because we're kind of in between prospects here. I'm going to see if I can grab somebody to talk to here in a minute as we walk around. In the meantime, I wanted to talk safeties as well. Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer and the Bills kind of addressed that a little bit, but haven't really gone completely down the hole of what they're going to do. And what I mean is Micah Hyde's contract, it's up. We don't know if he's going to play. Jordan Poyer, he's going to be a guy that the Bills, you know, have under contract, but maybe, you know, might want to move on from. We'll find out about that. It's going to be really interesting what they do at safety. Taylor Rapp is a pending free agent. Cam Lewis is a pending free agent. Tamar Hamlin is back. Tamar Hamlin, to me, he's not going to be a starter. I know people think he shouldn't even be on the roster. He's a cheap Young special teams player mm-hmm. who's a depth safety. No problem with him being the fifth safety and being inactive on game day if that's the way it plays out. Maybe he doesn't make the roster, that's fine too. But they have to address what they're doing at safety. And the more I'm here this week, the more I think that is an area they will hit in free agency because there's a lack of real good talent maybe at the, at the top of the draft. Now, there could be some a little bit later. We've heard some people, you know, in the draft for, for, for safety. But when it comes to trying to really kind of plug a starter's hole, you may have to get it through free agency. Yeah, absolutely. And and that would be more than fine with. That's actually been my big takeaway from Brandon Bean when he's been speaking the last two times we've heard him is just talking about how lucky they've been to have Hyde and Poyer together for as long as they have. And for me, Sal, I'm okay with waiting on a safety fourth, fifth round. It's not a position you see a ton of teams take in the first or second rounds. It usually is a position you can wait on and get good value. But with that being said, like like you brought up, like they have a need now. They can't really wait. 
on safety. And that's where, like, yeah, you probably should end up going into the free agent market. I do wonder if, like, someone like an Eddie Jackson kind of gets them excited. He, he gets caught by the Bears. He's a little bit older. He's around 30 years old. And they maybe just try to get him on a cheap. This is kind of your last kind of hurrah here. Just to kind of just have a guy that's been there, done it before, while we bring somebody up. Even like a Taylor Rapp, who's also on the younger side of things. Yeah, and you know, it was... Of all names, and they, they weren't saying they're going to sign this guy. He played for the Bills years ago, obviously. But of all the names I never thought I'd hear twice come out of Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott's mouths, Kurt Coleman. They both mentioned the name Kurt Coleman. Remember when Kurt Coleman played for the Bills a few years ago? I, Do you remember little, that name, Safety? A little bit, yeah. But it, it like He had come over. He was older. He was, with, uh, he was with them in Carolina. And then he came over like maybe around 18, 19 in that area. Mm-hmm. Comes over to play Safety for the Bills. And the point that both made separately now, that's why I thought it was interesting. The point they both made separately was safeties don't have to come in these big box sizes, mm-hmm. right? They're, mm-hmm. They don't have to have the real high, the real tall, real fast, but you got to be smart. You got to be rangy. You got to have athleticism. So sometimes the safeties aren't going to be the off the charts testing guys which is why you can get good value for guys like that. And they used Kurt Coleman as an example. He was not the biggest guy. He was not the fastest guy. But, man, he really helped those Carolina defenses. He was a depth piece in Buffalo for a couple of years. And they even talked about Micah Hyde like this. Like, for example, remember the Micah Hyde interception against Mac Jones, right, mm-hmm. in the playoffs? I mean, I don't care what your physical traits are. You just got to be special to make that play, right? Oh, and he makes that play. And the point they were making, which really got my wheels turning about safety, the point they were making is, to me, Zach, they believe, and I think it's kind of proven right with Micah and Jordan and what they had in Carolina, they believe they can get really productive safety play for guys that fit what they want to do and not necessarily have to invest tons of resources into it. So, yeah, it's kind of the argument then we've had sort of with the, with the cornerback position for the Bills where the system works really, really well, get guys that can run that system, and we'll be fine. They've done it a lot with cornerback. Obviously, Dane Jackson um, you know, from a few years ago, he's really kind of like made his kind of name there. Christian Benford coming in as a sixth-round pick from Villanova has immediately kind of locked himself in. Really, Kyer Elam's biggest problem is he came in running the complete opposite system at Florida – and he's taken a lot of time to learn it, and that may even be kind of a reason why they've gone a new cornerback coach this year as well to try to get the most out of him. So I, it's probably the way they should do it is, is run it kind of like how you have with the cornerback position. We just haven't had to think about it because, as I've said, we've gotten almost spoiled with having Jordan Poirier and Micah Hyde here for almost a decade. All right, we are here at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, and I'm, for two days here, I haven't said anything about the Sabres. Last night, I didn't get a chance to watch the game last night. Um, I did watch it, the, the score on my phone, out to dinner last night, and I'm checking in on the Sabres. Okay, down 2-1, Nassano down 3-2. I see there was what? Was there a controversial penalty on Zach Benson? What, what happened here? Felt like there was a few controversial penalties from last night. Okay, so okay, that's what that's what I. I'm saw just catching as well. up on this. You tell me. That's what I saw as well. Benson again is just getting called for penalties that seemingly no one knows what's going on. I think it was a holding penalty on him, or the, it was interference. Yeah, I was sporadically watching it as well, and then it was at the end of the game. I know that Benson gets, I think, called for another penalty, and it was Granado that golf, it got called for a penalty as well, and that ultimately allows Florida Ooh. to take a five-on-three-man advantage. They score, go up 3-1. Thompson quickly scores afterwards on a deflection to make it 3-2, but I know that was kind of the big thing, and, and something as well that I've kind of 
get frustrated. It's like, you got to know the situation you're at. I get the refs have been frustrating all night. But you're in a game. You can maybe get a point here. There's still enough time. But when you put your guys down on a five-on-three advantage, that is a tough hill to climb there. And it's just... It was even a little bit like that last night's sale, too. It's just like, you know, pulling your goalie at the right time. It, seemingly, for Granado's entire tenure here, they don't know when to pull their goalie in the final, you know, minute and a half, two minutes when they have possession to try and go win a game, to try to have that man advantage. And, and that's that's my big takeaway from last night. The refs, of course, were not great, but I, I, I guess Toronto also had some issues. Was that with a thing last, last night, night, pulling the goalie? Oh, I thought yeah. I saw some scuttlebutt on, oh, on social yeah. media. What, what? Tell, walk me through what happened, what didn't happen. They had possession. Like, the Sabres had possession, they were fine, and it just took forever for Ukopek Lukanen to be called off the ice, and it just wasted how, how, time. how much time was left? I think about a minute left. I think maybe a little bit Oh, yeah, bit there's more. no reason. He should have been off by then. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, too. I remember me and Josh have gone to a number of games together, too, and it's just every time they're in those close games... The big thing for me has always been the Sabres' lack of ability to get possession to said get goalie off ice. Last night it was the opposite issue. They had possession, and they seemingly just, like, UPL was just not getting off the ice, not being called off the ice, and it was just a, a really poor coaching at the end of the night. Sabres back in action tomorrow night. This is their Florida swing. They do this pretty much every year. You, once or twice in the schedule, you'll have a Tampa slash Florida you know, swing in there, and now it's this time it was Florida, then Tampa. So that's tomorrow night, Tampa Bay uh, Lightning Sabres right here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Back here at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis, Sal Capaccio, Zach Jones in our Amherst studios. We are hearing from defensive line and linebackers today. And it's hilarious because I saw Josh Reed from Channel 4 here when I walked in, saw him near the podium as I'm walking around, and we looked at each other and we go, yeah, they're the linebackers. We don't got to talk to any of them, do we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's a, that is a spot, Jack, where the uh, Bills are pretty darn set. Now, granted, Matt Milano is coming off an injury. I don't think there should be any issue with him. Broken leg, thankfully no torn ligaments. You know, it's really kind of a free year of health of Matt Milano, other than the broken leg, of course. But mm-hmm. his body didn't get beaten up through 17 games because he only played four-plus games. So he comes back next year. He's obviously under contract for a couple more years. He's a fantastic player. And now we see what Terrell Bernard is. They put them next. I'm super excited to have put them next to each other and see what they can do for a full season. They do have one question. That's uh, Tyrell Dodson as a free agent. I'd like to see Tyrell Dodson back. I think he did a lot of nice things. He's a good depth piece. He can fill roles. I also don't think you have to make sure you get Tyrell Dodson back. I would agree. I would agree with that. I mean, he, he and, and Sal, it's PFF darling Tyrell Dodson. Got to remember that. <laughs> Got to right. remember that. But, yeah, he, it, I, I think he's been a great piece that they've, they've had kind of in sporadic roles. He's done a lot on special teams. He's come and fill in at linebacker. But really, at the top end, Sal, this time last year, we were sitting here going, I don't know what they're going to do with middle linebacker. Are they going to draft somebody? Are they going right. to go spend money? Are they going to bring back Tremaine Edmonds? What's going to happen? And then after free agency, when it kind of was like, okay, it's Terrell Bernard. Sal, I remember going through training camp. I think it was because Bernard was hurt. We were all sitting there going, I don't know what yes. they're going to do. Like This really might be just a year where maybe Matt Milano's calling plays. Maybe he switches to that role. And then just really right out of the gate, Bernard was spectacular, big play kind of player. He's partially a big reason I'm ecstatic they were able to keep Bobby Babbage on the staff because I think his player development has been exemplary, to say the least. And you now have two linebackers there, I think, that are playing at such a high level that now... Away in me, maybe it's maybe it's I'm being you know hopeful here. But even though you're having the safety tandem that you've had for so long here, 
you know, slipping away, maybe even both gone, we don't know that yet, you have a linebacking core that can maybe pick up some of the load that not having the safety tandem you've had year in and year out, really game in and game out, you have those two to kind of pick up that mantle a little bit. Because Matt Milano, we already know, is an all-pro, and I thought Terrell Bernard should have at least been a pro bowler, if not an all-pro, with with how good he was at, at big plays especially. I I don't disagree. I thought he had a a really nice year, and obviously he's an ascending player, still in a rookie contract. It's a really good situation for the Bills. I um, will be breaking down the linebackers soon in my State of the Bills 2024 articles. You can find all of that at WGR550.com. The latest one is the defensive ends edge rushers, which I posted yesterday. You can find that, once again, at WGR550.com. All right, we're going to take a timeout here. We uh, have one Bills Live still kind of setting up and while they're doing interviews over there, I see them here. I see all the teams. It's crazy. Every team has like their own table with their own media. It's really interesting. It used to be just radio stations. Now it's teams with their own team media, right? We all know how that works. So it's funny how you have that and then you have this big blue curtain and then it's all the podiums with the players. That's what the scene looks like here on the convention center floor in Indianapolis. It's the NFL Scouting Combine here on WGR and on the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show. Sal Capaccio, Zach Jones, back after this timeout. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Obviously, we've been transparent. I've visited with Justin three times, I think, yeah. since the season's over, you know, talking about the yeah. new coach and all that, but just about personal stuff and Obviously, you know, no one likes uh, having gray, right? So we've all had gray in our lives. You're like, hey, just I want this or that. And I completely understand where Justin is, you know, as a coach because, you know, there's gray in our areas too sometimes. And to me, you know, as soon as we know, we're going to let him know and let everybody else know, and we'll we'll figure that out as we go. But, again, we got to go through the process. I believe that is Ryan Poles. Is that correct? That was actually... Matt yeah, sorry. Matty ah, it's the coach, not the GM. My bad. But he's it, talking about Justin Fields it's okay. They both use the exact there. same verbiage to describe what's going on with Justin Fields. Like, okay, right. Like okay, here's why. Okay, here's why. Because didn't they say something about living in the gray? That did, Didn't Poles say that, too? 100%. Is that... 100%. Okay. I read that, and when I heard it, I'm like, oh, that's what Poles said. And then all of a sudden, you're like, no, that's Eberflus. So that is fun. Isn't it funny? They use the exact same verbiage. You're right. They This is a... This is when <laughs> they go into a meeting and they go, how are we going to say and answer the question about what we want to do with Justin Fields? And they say, here is what we are going to say. You don't want to live in the gray. You want to move on as soon as possible to give everybody more clarity or whatever to that effect. And that's exactly what they did with Justin Fields. What, is, what does he get? Is he, see, from talking with people here at the Combine, I, I, just, I just can't see that it's going to be a – it's not going to be a, like a top ten pick. It's not going to be – top half maybe maybe a team in the bottom half of the first round would be willing but i'm feeling more and more like he's he's not going to fetch a first round pick he'll fetch multiple picks but not a first rounder that's kind of where i've been sitting at with this is like i think the highest pick you'll get is a second rounder because i think a lot of it too and, and and mike shopes brought this up in the afternoon as well just like if you do trade for fields you probably are also going to be paying him maybe not a massive deal but you're going to be mm-hmm. paying him that's a right. deal 
and you, that's kind of your he's our quarterback of the future. We believe we have a system in place to to get him to the fields. That was a first round pick a number of years ago. But there is only a few teams that I think are going to be willing to trade for him and Pittsburgh, I'm starting to lean off of them because I feel like they still have some belief in Kenny Pickett. They're not going to want to bring in Fields, pay him, and then have a quote-unquote honest quarterback competition. Atlanta, we already heard Raheem Morris say, I think, yesterday that if they had better quarterback play, he wouldn't be in the position he's in. So Atlanta, I think, is up there. Um, Yeah, Aiden O'Connell with Vegas, probably not. I would say the Vikings would have been a team if – Fields was on any other team but the Chicago Bears, so I, I think it really does feel like it's between those three, and the more I think about it, the more Pittsburgh just it doesn't really make sense from what we're hearing. So you know, Zach, um, I've been walking around here the last couple of days, grabbing all these people from different markets, grabbing people from national people. We haven't really had anybody on local. And then I see my guy Mike Catalana. Now he's in Rochester, not in Buffalo, but uh, always great to get a perspective from a guy who's covered this league and covered this team uh, for a while. How many combines for you? Oh, combines. Uh, I think this is like this. We really started coming in recent years. I would say I think this is 10 okay. for me. Yeah. It's, it's grown, man. This is crazy, isn't it? Yeah, back in when they used to do it, everything at the old place and and in the you know, you're in like this one little area. And now it's, you know, 14 different podiums and every network is here and all. Yeah, it's grown a ton. So now that we're beyond Brandon and Sean, I'll talk yep. about them. What are you looking to get out of the prospects? What are you looking at? What's most important here for the Bills in your perspective? You know, sometimes you look at the draft and, and it's easy to focus on the early rounds, right? It's easy to say, what are they going to do here? What are they going to do there? But when you look at this overall roster with the turnover that they're going to have, likely, it's hard to find positions that you couldn't see a guy fitting with the Bills, Right. And you never know how this draft plays out. Sometimes there's it seems like guys get projected higher or lower. I like seeing as many different position groups as possible. But with an an eye on those wide receivers coming up on Friday. Right. Because let's face it, they have not invested that way in the position of wide receiver. And I think there's a lot of guys there that certainly, certainly could prove to be a valuable player next season and in the long term. I think I'm with you. When I hear explosive plays and getting the ball down the field, and I look at this group and their struggles, 19th in the league last year, Mike, in 20-plus yard plays down the field. They have to improve there. Yeah, and, you know, both Bean and McDermott said the same thing. We think of big plays in our minds, I think, as, you know, Josh got a big arm, chuck it down the field. And he said it. Look at Kansas City. Look at look at even Miami. It's not always a deep ball. It is a guy who can sometimes take it and get you those yards and get you those plays. And defenses have played everybody differently. They're all saying, we're not gonna, we're not gonna let you get over the top. We're gonna make you do this. It's one thing to have that pass play and get 12 yards. It's another thing to get 48 yards on the same play. They just have not had that. Now, you get a Kincaid. He's not what you would call a explosive player, but he's a mismatch player. Give him some speed to help him and to help Diggs. Now we're talking about something for them. So I, th- I think that's what they want to do. I think it's what they need to do. It's just a matter of do they do it on Thursday or is it pushed back? I know that would be a disappointment to a lot of people. Brandon Bean yesterday said he smiled when it got to $255 million. They were budgeting in 240s. He basically found $10 million. But how it gets spent might be you know, not going out and signing another Von Miller necessarily, but maybe you get to keep one of your own. How do you think it changes things? I think one thing it does is maybe it eliminates the need to redo some other contracts. You know, it's easy to say redo them, right? Um, because it helps you. It helps with the cap space. But you got to be careful in how you do those too because 
it, you are committing to that player in many ways. I think it gives them more flexibility. Hey, look, he can use the money. He can save it for something else. I think there are players. I, I would say A.J. Epines is a good example of a player. You are in need of defensive linemen. You need pass rushers. I think he showed a lot last year, enough that, you know, I would think they'd be interested. I don't know. Does he get on the open market and then maybe come back to the Bills? Or do they do something with him if they want before he gets there? I think he's the kind of player, you know, even Daquan Jones, like, does he want to go somewhere else? What's the market for him out there? You're going to need to bring back a percentage of those guys. I mean, there's only so many ways you can fill those holes. And if you're not doing it with the guys that are leaving, you're spending money on other players that you don't know as well. So, yeah, I think he can use it there, no doubt. But they can make you can create cap space. They're going to do it with Josh. I don't think there's any doubt that's going to happen. Uh, but it's nice to get that. You say that extra. It's really, what is it, up 30 from the year before, and it's $10 million more than they expected. Sometimes it's just like, poof, there's more cap space. So go ahead and use it. I don't it. know what the most amount of money you ever found in your pocket was, but it wasn't $10 million like Brandon Bean did. Uh, I noticed you didn't say Gabe Davis when you went through that group. I don't think Gabe is back. And honestly, I think, it's, I think Gabe could have success somewhere else. I don't think he should be back with the Bills. I think he has been a good player, certainly. I think for his draft position, he exceeded that. But then I think their expectations for him were higher than he delivered. Uh, you can see sometimes numbers are numbers. I, I, we say consistency. We saw those flashes. I mentioned those big plays over the top. The Pittsburgh game, right? When you saw that and he made those two plays. Obviously the Kansas City game. But in, on this team, when you want to be the number two guy, you know, and even Diggs would say, he, Gabe would be a one in other places. I, I never ended up seeing that. I don't think they saw it. And I'm not, I'm, you're playing with Josh Allen. You're playing with Stephon Diggs. It's a pretty good space to be the number two guy. And I just don't think it worked. I still think he'll play. I think he'll get a nice contract. I just think it's going to be somewhere else. Mike Catalano from Rochester. All right, let me give you three names. You tell me yes or no. Are they on the Bills next year? Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, Tredavious White. I, I think Mike is going to retire. It's just I think that would be his choice. It seemed like it when we talked to him. Again, he could change his mind, but I would say I think Jordan Poyer, I will, right now I will say yes. Um, but there are times, like even when Brandon Bean says certain things, it, it makes you think, okay, they did allow him to go to the open market before and didn't get him signed last year, and then he ended up coming back. I'll, I'll tentatively say yes. And Trey White has been a tremendous Buffalo Bill. I don't see Trey on the team this year. I just I see... This injury is impactful. And Bean said yesterday, you know, you, you want to have that level of sort of patience, whatever. This game moves fast. Free agency's coming. The draft is coming. And they have learned to play without Trey White. And all things being equal, you would love him on the team. But two straight years like this with injury and the contract, I think, I think that's where they may move on. You and Dan and Jenna are crushing it on Buffalo Plus. Tell our Buffalo audience on WGR where they can find you guys. Yeah, it's mostly a lot of people see us on the YouTube channel. So Buffalo Plus, just type that in. Uh, I have two great ones working with me, so it's been a lot of fun. Also, you know, the podcast is on 
everywhere you can get an audio podcast and all. Uh, we'll compete with your podcast, you and Bove. How about that one? So um, it's fun. We have a lot of fun. We're putting up content all week. It's, it's all year. All year long we talk about the Bills. Listen, I'd surprise you by walking up here, but I appreciate it and enjoy the Indy the rest of the week. All right, thanks. Got it. Mike Candelana right there from Rochester. Wham in Rochester. He He's covered the league a while. He's seen a lot. But how about that, though? There's a prediction. He says Tredavious White not on the roster is his prediction. Goes against mine. I think he is on the roster. It's fascinating, isn't it, to talk about it? And I mean, I hate even kind of using that word like it's some exciting thing because we're talking about a player's career and health and life and all that kind of stuff. But I just don't think he's on the team for $16 million. That's what I don't think. But I do think he's on the team. I thought Mike brought up a really good point there, too, that just the Bills the last two seasons have really learned how to not play with Tredavious White. Now, Sal, I'm much mm. more in agreement with you. I think that they're going to rework his contract just to, so it's not such a big cap hit. But I do think that's a really good point that Mike brought up, that the last two years they've really figured out how to not play with formerly mm-hmm. their all-pro cornerback. I mean, a guy who early in his career, I don't want to say had a Hall of Fame trajectory, but was one of the key pieces of the Bills team, not just their defense. And yeah, within two, two and a half years, it, it might be heading towards an exit. I, I I would be very sad. I don't want to say I'd be shocked, but I'd be sad if, if ultimately he's not on the roster next year. See, one of the reasons I keep t- saying that I think he is on the roster is because I don't. I think he's more valued to you Without a restructure, he's more valuable to you paying 16 than only saving six, mm-hmm. right? I mean, like in, in eating 10. You, he, if he's not on your roster, if you release him, you got to eat $10 million. Like that's $10 million for a player not on your roster. However, that said, boy, I'm looking at some of these other teams in the league. Look at the money the Dolphins are eating on Xavier Howard. Look at the money... Uh, Shaq Barrett's going to cost mm-hmm. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. These teams are willing to eat this money. Now, in both cases, I believe it's a post-June 1st cut. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I think in both cases, those are post-June 1st cuts. What you have to remember, folks, about a post-June 1st cut, and people forget this or don't know this, you don't get the savings until June 1st. So let's just say the Bills want to move on from Tredavious White and go, all right, well, we can save a lot more even than the $6 million. We can save whatever it might be, 12 or 13 well, Guess what? They don't get to save that until June 1st. they got to carry his cap charge as is mm-hmm. through free agency period. You talk about Von Miller. You talk about Stefan Diggs, guys with big contracts. There's other guys on the team, but that's the issue with a post-June 1st cut. So to me, it's got to be kind of all or nothing right away, and I just don't see it. I think they go to Tredavious White and say, look, we love you. You know, you love being here. You've been a cornerstone for us. We want to keep you around. How about we rework this? We take some money off your base salary, move it into a some sort of guaranteed signing bonus, maybe add one more year onto the deal even if you want, but make it easier for the Bills to get out in a couple of years. That way, yeah, you're, you're extending the life of his contract to spread the money out, and he feels like he's still able to kind of come back and play, and you can save some money. I think that has to be, to me, on the table in the most likely resolution. Yeah, I think so too. And Sal, you brought it up a lot with in terms of contract extensions. Like, the, like players pay attention to who you pay and who you don't. I think that also would kind of point to this yeah. as well that they pay attention to who you let go. You know, Trey's at the facility. It seems like all the time. You know, I, I, I and I'm not you know saying that Matt Milano's not. Yep. We, we already know he was down in Florida. He's coming back and forth. It seems like Trey's here all the time. Guys, guys see him in the building all the time. That I think for a lot of these guys would be. I don't want to say like you know bad will or anything like that, but it, but it would. I, I would imagine a few of these guys, especially on the defense, would look at management and go, 
really? That, that's that's what we're going to do here? Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it plays out, but you're right. They do pay attention to those kinds of things, and you know, there's going to be some heavy decisions made by the Buffalo Bills in the coming days and weeks and over the next month and a half before the draft especially. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back here. We'll wrap up your Extra Point show on the Northtown Automotive Extra Point show on WGR from the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Oh, Zach, you know what that sound is? I just had the biggest smile on my face when I heard it. That is the sound of instant trivia. It's the draft. Zach, I don't even want to go back far. One year, less than a year ago. Mm. How well could you do the uh, first round? Ooh, how well could I do the first round? Um, how, how deep can you go before you get I one wrong? I feel like I can go pretty... I think I could go, go looking. Well. Evan, make sure he doesn't have nothing on his computer there. He can't be looking. We'll shut the right? computer. All right. Do you want me to give you the team? Do you need it or no? Yeah, if you can give me the team. I'll, I'll give you the team. All right, you ready? Mm-hmm. Number one, Panthers. Bryce Young. Number two, Houston Texans. This is CJ Stroud. Number three, Houston Texans. Will Anderson Jr. Number four, Indianapolis Colts. Anthony Richardson. Number five, this is where it gets a little tricky, I think. Seattle Seahawks. Very good player. Devin Witherspoon? Yes, cornerback. Very good. Number six, Arizona Cardinals. Ooh, who did they take? Oh, man. Uh-huh. If you, when you want position, you can let me know. I'll let you think until if you need position, I'll give it to you. I know I know it's on defense. I'm, eh. I No, it's not. Oh, wow. Offensive tackle. Oh, no. I have no idea. Paris Johnson Jr. Ohio State. Oh, come on. Oh, Almost that's had, right. Almost had Next it. Next up, oh. number seven. Now we go defense. Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, boy. Who Another name they, that I didn't hear much from this year. Who did they take? Oh, I mean, the, their recent draft history is a nightmare, Sal. If you ever got, like, five minutes, just go through the last, like, ten years. Just go through Tyree it. Wilson is the name. Didn't oh, hear much from oh, him. Almost nothing from him. All right, this one's easy. Number eight, the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, wow. Bijan Robinson. Yeah. last year? I, yes. I, was just, I was sitting By there. the way. Go ahead. I was sitting there, I'm like, I'm like Jonathan Brooks. I'm like, no, that was the Texas running back this year. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, and they're eight again this year, right? The Falcons? I believe so. I'm going to have to open up the computer now. Give me one back second. Back-to-back eight. Yeah, look at yeah, that. back-to-back back eight, I believe. That's right, right? Mm-hmm. All right, this one's easy. Number nine, the Philadelphia Eagles, a rookie of the year candidate. This is Jalen Carter. That's right. And then number 10, 10 and 11 were both offensive tackles. You know them? Bears oh, and Titans. Titans guy's got the na- kind of name that you remember. Oh, and the Bears guy, I like that they took him, too. Yes, I yes, yes. The Bears guy went to Tennessee, but he didn't get drafted by Tennessee. That's right. Oh, and what's man. funny is, so, so so here's what's hilarious. I didn't just notice this. The Bears drafted an offensive tackle from Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Tennessee drafted an offensive tackle from Northwestern, which is near Chicago. So <laughs> Chicago is Darnell Wright. Yes, Tennessee. And then, oh, 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 he's got a, he's got a weird last name, Peter Skaronsky. Skaronsky, you got right. it. There we go. Number twelve, Detroit Lions. Remember, they had two picks, didn't that's, they? That's what I'm trying to remember. I'm like, which right, one who is which? Who would they go with first? This is Jameer Gibbs. It is yes. Packers go with a guy with three names. Defensive end. Luke Van Ness. Lucas Van Ness. Very good. 
Then the Steelers. Remember this one? The Steelers, the offensive tackle. I really liked him out of Georgia. And this was the deal where there was a trade made and uh, somebody mm-hmm. like, like, that's, uh, blocking. Like, Belichick wanted to block the Jets. J- whatever it was. Broderick Jones, oh, number 14. yes. Mm-hmm. And then 15 was Will McDonald, the fourth defensive end out of Iowa State. So top 15 in the draft last year. The draft this year, the end of April, as always. Sal Capaccio along with Zach Jones. All right, we'll have another uh, full day of Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show coming to you from the Combine tomorrow. So we'll get back after tomorrow. In the meantime, Sabres Live is up next, and then it's One Bills Live after that. Zach, thanks a lot today. Have a great day, and uh, we'll talk again tomorrow, my man. Talk to you tomorrow, Sal. Sabres Live up next here on WGR. Thanks for being with us. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.